He's out of line, but he's right. It's great. Everybody loves Marvin Gaye. I like Marvin Gaye. Steve adored Marvin Gaye. So what's going on, everyone? This is Matt. And this is Ed. And welcome to, what is, I don't know, episode 95 of Geek Syndrome. What episode is this? Um, we have absolutely no idea. Our professionalism out the window. I think it's uh, episode... Eight of season two. <laughs> we did more than eight of season two. Oh, season two. Overall, I don't know. This is like the mid-season finale, I guess. Yeah, this is the break before Loki comes out. This is the Walking Dead break where something crazy happens well, and time to kill off a character. Sorry, Ed. Oh, why me? Well, I'm not killing myself off. Well, no, you're going to have to edit all this audio. That's not even that type of uh, genre that we're talking about here. Well, we're not. 13 Reasons Why. Isn't that thing about that? Like, suicide and stuff? Yeah, it's a suicide thing. Is that guy killed himself? No, it's not the guy. It's about the girl. Okay, so the guy tries to stop her from killing her. No, what happened is, like, the girl... For this is just, like, from what I've heard, and I hadn't actually watched yeah, it. Watch it um, from what I understand is, like... She makes so many tapes and she sends them out to like all these different people and they're all the reasons why she killed herself. And oh, so she's already killed herself. Yeah, and everybody's listening to the tapes and then and the show goes back and does flashbacks of like their interactions with the girl and stuff like that. So each episode is about a different person. Wow, it's gonna effed up. Yeah, and then it was like it was supposed to have been just a one season thing, but then and it should have only been one season. But then they, you know, obviously milked it. Like, hey. We got a hit on our hands. So let's talk about more suicide. Yeah. This episode is going to get banned. What is it? How are we going to get banned? We're not, we're not banned. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're not on YouTube. Yeah, we're not banned. And we didn't say anything crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did we say anything crazy? I don't know. I don't want to be insensitive. If I was insensitive, I'm sorry. But I don't think I said anything insensitive. Yeah. You know, as I search, search your thoughts, you know it to be true. I didn't say anything insensitive. Yeah. Anyway. Did I say? It's so, not, uh, okay. Today we're talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Don't cancel me. <laughs> Don't cancel me. I need this job. <laughs> Don't cancel me. Cancel. You cancel it. Wait, no. I'm changing my ways, man. You cancel him. Don't cancel me. I'm changing my ways now. Change your ways of what? I'm trying to. I'm trying to be better. I'm being a better person right now. You're a good guy, man. Trying. I don't care what I say about you. Who's coming with me? And so we're talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier He's today. Coming with me. It's the second Disney Plus series uh, based now in the MCU. Premiered on March nineteenth, twenty twenty one. It was a six episode series following Sam and Bucky as they go through a world without Steve Rogers. The series stars Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Emily Van Camp. Wyatt Russell, Aaron Kellyman, and Daniel Brule. Brule. Heck yeah, I got that one right. And uh, what you think of it? Uh, I, you know, overall, without going into anything deep, I thought it was pretty solid. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it did you like it things. more than WandaVision? Well... You can't really, you can compare them, but you can't compare them. 
because they they told two very distinctly different stories. They're both about coping in a way, mm-hmm. but they do it in a very distinctly different <coughs> way. Um, Wanda, Wanda had to cope with, you know, being alone. Um, Sam and Bucky had to cope with responsibilities. Yeah. You know, like, responsibilities, you know, of course they had their own mental things to deal with, especially Bucky. Totally. But they had to they had to cope with responsibility because there's a lot of stuff on their plate that they got to deal with, especially at the end of this. Yeah. Because Sam puts Sam puts America on his shoulders in a way. Once and you get to the end of Bucky it. is like still haunted by his past. He's still having a hard time coping, man. He he is uh he's really struggling. I mean it's like things that he can't even control. No, there's nothing he can do about that. But, There's nothing he could do, you know, because he was essentially brainwashed. So the decisions or the things he did were not of his own volition, which is, you know, which is very sad uh, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, of course he would have problems. So I kind of understand some of the things he dealt with uh, in the series. But I thought it was good, man. Not not to spoil and give a review early on, but uh, I, I liked it. I liked a lot of things about it. Uh, we will talk about a few things that I didn't like, of course, because we always find a time to do that. But Every time. Overall, yeah, I thought it was solid. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, whether I liked it more than WandaVision, I still don't know yet. You know, it, when, when you think about this series, it's, it's easier to follow and harder to follow than WandaVision. Yeah. Because WandaVision was just straight exposition. You know, you're like piecing the puzzle together, you know. Well, you had like a ton of characters watching Wanda, basically saying what was going on and, yeah. on and all that. This one... It's like Thank everything's you. there. It's like everything's kind of like you know the story, like everything, like you, the point. You see the destination, you see where you're traveling, like you see the road, but like there's a lot of like turns that yeah. you didn't expect. And there's some very obvious, uh, obvious places you're gonna go to. Yeah, I mean, you will see some familiar scenery, uh, stuff like that. But in general, I mean, like I really enjoyed it. Um, so far, they're Disney Plus has been kind of knocking it out with their television series. Yeah, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, just to show you how late we're doing it, uh, me and they were actually watching uh, The Bad Batch. So today is May the 4th. Of course, this episode won't come out the, uh, this oh, yeah. year. But, you know, uh, May, the, May the 4th be with May you. May the 4th be with you. And, uh, man, you know, i got to say, Disney Plus is uh, <laughs> moving on up there to change. But, you know, I think I said... Uh, you know, now with the release of Mortal Kombat and the release of uh, The Bad Batch, I can now safely say, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, that Disney Plus is the superior streaming service at this moment in time. I mean, you got the entire Disney catalog with a good chunk of Fox's catalog for seven ninety nine now. Yeah, so it's, it is uh, it is superior. It is superior at this moment. Yeah. Of course, things can change. They always can change in a way. Uh, Netflix is still in the mix. Uh, we, uh, Amazon Prime came on in. Invincible. Invincible was actually really good so far. Yasuke was dope. Yasuke had some problems, but Yasuke was still a straightforward watch. Come we'll get we'll get with y'all on that. So. Yeah, go down. Yeah, but uh, you know, how can I say from beginning to end? If we talking week to week, if we talking episode to episode, um, I'm watching. Well, Loki drops. I watch an episode every episode every Friday. Yeah, uh, Captain Winter, uh, Captain Falcon, 
No way, huh? Falcon is winner soldier at this point. Uh, we'll get to the captain part later on, of course. Spoiler. Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't noticed already. Uh, that was uh, every Friday watch. One division was like that too. Uh, Bad Batch is like that right now. Mandalorian was right that. So we talk about like excellence. I'm really, I want to say too, it was like I really enjoy the idea of having the weekly episode drops again. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I, I actually really like it because yeah. it kind of gives you something to look forward to. Like it kind of, it reminds me of like, you know, the glory days. <laughs> Send back TGIF, man. Urkel. Did that family matters? Did I do that? Yes, Steve, you did it. And you know, ironically enough, that they are dropping all these Marvel shows on Fridays, and ABC was like ABC was yeah, it was TGI Friday, TGI Friday. Yeah. and ABC's owned by Disney. Was uh, you know, crazy thing about Steve Urkel, he actually has a Urkel dis- dispensary. I think I'm saying that completely wrong. Uh, he is actually selling weed with Snoop Dogg now. So nice. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I guess it's great depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Some people aren't you know, about that life. Some people aren't, so, but I mean, like, you know, each is on. Some people are and some people are not about that life. Some people, yeah, I, mean, I can see that. I mean, it, it all depends on, like, I guess where you grow up because yeah. some people view it as being, like, and sometimes, man, you just gotta, terrible, and some yeah. people are just, you know, very chill about it. Yeah, sometimes, man, you just got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right, so the story. Episode one, The New World Order. NWO. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't catch this until now. New, 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 new world order. This is a paid advertisement by the New World Order. Alright, six months have passed since the events of Endgame. Uh, Sam is now tasked uh, to stop George Batroc Batroc. and the terrorist group LAF, which I forgot to look up who that was, um, with support from the U.S. Air Force and First Lieutenant Walken Torres. Sam is able to capture Batroc before he passes the border where their jurisdiction ends. So, right out of the gate, this really established itself as uh, something completely different from WandaVision. Uh, so that's one thing I liked about it. You know, WandaVision, you know, you didn't really get any action until the last episode. Yeah. But they immediately start going at it. Uh, one thing I liked about this whole scene uh, was, and I think that kind of got lost in the Avengers movies, the Captain America movies and stuff like that. Is that you? It's kind of kind of don't really see Sam with a style of his own, you know. In those other movies, I think it felt real generic, and I hate to say it like that. he's just a fly guy. He's just a fly guy, you know. And which is cool, which is cool. Because I think some of the stuff they did was great, but to compare that to this man is just a totally different feel. Like he's got, you know, he's not a fly guy. He has complete command. Of the sky itself, the way he maneuvers, the way he uses like the jets and the wings. Yeah, I really like that. His fighting style, especially later in later on in the series, he has his own fighting style, and he uses like his jetpack and his wings and in his fighting style. It's not so much him just swooping in and hitting people. I think in Civil War, all he did was like maybe swoop in and hit a guy. 
and then uses wings as like uh, shields. Yeah, uh, guns is one of them, right? Yeah, he used guns a lot. Yeah, he did. But in this one, he actually fights, which I guess in the later on is going to kind of explain why. He uses like the, the jets a lot too. Like uh, I forget the name of it. I don't know how I can forget that. I guess just being in heat in the moment, I forgot. But um, like the the, the thing that's on his back, like the the, the unit itself. Like, he really maneuvers that thing. Mm-hmm. Especially later on. Yeah, especially later on. Even, you know, matter of fact, even in this scene right here, he, I think he did a good job with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, yeah, he definitely did. Because, like, he, he basically, like, he did that really cool thing where he flew into the yeah, chopper. Yeah, he flew to the side of the chopper and took and, the dude out. Yeah, and it yeah. flew off with him. Like, that was really cool. Sam was giving the mantle of Captain America by Steve Rogers, who passed the shield on to uh, to his friend and partner. Sam still struggles with the idea of taking up the role and basically decides to donate the shield to the U.S. government to be displayed in the Smithsonian exhibit for uh, Steve, the honor of Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. So story-wise, uh, do you think it was a good idea for Sam to give up the shield? I think it was pretty, I think it was pretty dumb, right? It's mm-hmm. pretty dumb. Uh, I kind of get what they wanted to do. I, I think, okay, so at the end of the end game, Cap says, hey, man, you know, this is yours now. I couldn't think of anybody else who's better suited to do this. Right. Know, because I'm an old man. I can't do this anymore. So he gives him the shield. And, you know, I remember saying, like, you know, Cap, it's, it's just, I can't do it, man. You know, I can't do it. And Cap said, you know, basically, hey, there's no better guy to do it than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so, like, it was a, that line was like, uh, how's it feel? And he's like, it feels like it belongs to somebody else. Yeah. And he's like, well, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't. Yep. And so Cap pretty much passed it on to him. But I think if I'm Feige or Feige, whatever his name is, or I'm in the boardroom, I think they're thinking to themselves, we got to show that Sam deserves the shield. Like, he's got to earn it. He's got to earn it. We got to show that he deserves it before we actually make him Captain America. Because I'm thinking, like, you know, if they go another route, they go like a Spider-Man. You know, he puts on this, this Falcon suit, he uses the shield, and he just bumbles around with it until he kind of figures it out. I think they might have wanted to done something like that if they didn't do this. Yeah. Well, um, plus then you got to, like, when you get into the later parts with John Walker and all that, uh, you kind of see what, what happens when the government tries to mandate Somebody be Captain America. Yeah, and see the thing too. In uh, one one thing, um, you know, I kind of struggled with who the main antagonist was in this. At the first, government. yeah, at first I didn't think it was. <laughs> I was like, man, don't do that. Don't don't get the shield away, man. That's so stupid. But then I was like, man, I immediately got an enemy because what does the United States of America does infringes upon rice? <laughs> it does <laughs> it, what it does best. It does what it does best. Well, maybe this is not infringing upon rice, but you know, let's just say it does something. It does something morally stupid, and giving the shield away or not putting it in the place it needed to be was morally stupid. They tried to pull the heartstrings of America by you know just feeding us red meat. And when we get to John Walker, he's essentially just red meat. You know, he gives something for the masses to cheer for. Yeah. And sometimes we don't need that. Sometimes he's, he's basically true. just a mascot. He's basically what Steve Rogers was in uh, First Avenger. Yeah. Before he actually, you know, took it upon himself to go and invade uh, 
and yeah. save the um save those people. He was basically being he's paraded around as that. That's all it was. He didn't really have no like jurisdiction. He's a propaganda machine. Yeah. yeah, that's all it was. We gotta fight and win the war. The war, you know. Buy, buy your saving bonds. Yeah, buy your saving bonds. <laughs> hey, kids, you know you're 17. Enlist. But you know, a lot of people give uh, First Avenger a lot of crap. But I thought it was a really good Solid movie. movie, man. You know, First Avenger was um, it was what it was. You know, I, I ripped on uh, I ripped on Mortal Kombat last week for trying to tell a story and just utterly failing at it. Mm-hmm. But you know, the First Avenger told a story, right? And it was really coherent. But what they got right, there was action throughout. Yeah. Like good entertaining action. Well, another thing that they got right too was not just that there was action throughout. Uh you actually had characters you cared about. Yeah. You cared about Bucky, you know, and like you know. whenever Bucky got you know falls off the train in that scene, like okay. you felt terrible for Steve because like he even like one of my favorite parts in that whole movie is like him in that bar and he's like trying to drink and he's like, I can't even get drunk because my uh, healing ability works so fast. Yeah. So he's like, I'm just doing it just because. Yeah. Sucks, man. He's just basically going through emotions. He can't even actually like get Enjoy. the actual effect of yep. it. So um, now speaking of Bucky, Bucky Barnes is back. Um, he has been pardoned and cleared of all of his charges as the Winter Soldier, but he is always required to attend government mandated therapy. He's still struggling with the nightmares of things he did when he was a Winter Soldier, but keeps them bottled up and claims he's fine. Which, you know, a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. It kind of happens. That's pretty, pretty normal. Pretty normal thing. But I mean, like, for somebody at his level of it, uh, it is pretty extreme. But still, I kind of get, I, I can feel that. I vibe with that. So, like, um, just like Steve Rogers, he has a list of things he must do. But unlike Steve, his list is primarily of making amends for the ones he wronged as the brainwashed Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. But one in particular is the hardest for him to overcome. Yori Nakajima, his neighbor. Uh, as the Winter Soldier, Bucky killed his son one night when he was on the wrong... Basically, when his son... When Naki, uh, Yori's son was in the wrong place at the wrong time, he got killed by Bucky. Yeah, you know, uh, before we get into the next part, man, you know, um, Bucky formed a really strong bond with Yori here. And it's, it's really cool. It's really nice to see. And, you know, he talks to, to Bucky about his son. He's like, man, they just say he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And he just, like, just, he just really just breaks down and tears up. And that's, like, a really, that that really kind of endears you to Bucky. Like, that really kind of takes it down to another level. Because, you know, in our interactions with Bucky, we only really consider him as Cap's friend. And that's really uh, Cap's friend, brainwashed with a soldier, and that's it. But they really brought him down to like a human level by introducing like Yuri and the lady that he meets at the uh, at the shop as well too. You know, yeah. like really the biggest thing about Bucky is like this dude is just struggling to have a normal life. This dude's like over a hundred years old, man. Like the stuff that he loved and enjoyed, it just was said like you know he had the same problem Cap had. It just was said like in the thirties and the forties. Yeah, you know? so, oh, one of the uh, one of the good lines on this is uh, when he's talking about. I think it's in this episode. Whenever he talks about the Hobbit, and, yeah, talk about the Hobbit, <laughs> and like Sam's like, you you know about what do you know about Gandalf? He's like, I read the book when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> old stuff, man. Yeah, you know when you think about it, yeah, Lord of the Rings is like super old, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, it's no joke. It really is. 
But you know, but it's timeless. Timeless, yes, sir. Timeless. Anybody, you can watch. You can read it anytime, any day. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it. Oh man, <laughs> I'm one. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch the terrible trilogy. What? Well, it was terrible. The first two movies are great. I'm talking about Hobbit, right? The Hobbit, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's All I'm just saying is they could have dealt with. They didn't need three movies. No, they only needed two before. They could have. They could have killed. They could have killed Smog at the end of the first movie. I tell you this: uh, do not watch the extended cuts. Just watch the theatrical cuts. <laughs> wow, that's so rare for us to say. So rare for us. Uh, okay, so uh, I like what they did with Buck. I think we always get a brooding character like this, but I think the way they did it, they did it in a very legit way, and Bucky has some real legit reasons to get help. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's in terms of suffering, you know, Bucky's kind of up there. He falls off the train. Uh, you know, he's you know he's a winter soldier, oh, yeah. and when he gets out of that stupor of that state, he's forced to relive you know, all the people that he's killed under Hydra control sucks. And he's also supposed to be going through like these steps where he's not supposed to do certain things and he's still kind of like doing them. Yeah. But he's not doing it in a way where he's like physically doing it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like he's like not actually putting hands on the people that he's like, he's basically still trying to play the part of a hero. Mm-hmm. He's trying to be a hero. But like, he can't injured. technically do that because he's he's pardoned, but he still has to go through all this therapy and all these sessions and all that. And basically, mm-hmm. if he misses this, which you know that comes up later, he he can get in a lot of trouble. So, um, Taurus, which is the the guy who's like um, Sam's friend that helped him out with the last mission he was on, he's investigating a, a terrorist group uh, known as the Flag Smashers. Mm-hmm. Who uh, believe life was better during the blimp, which means that because at the time when the blimp happened, the blip, mm-hmm. not blimp, because the autocorrected, <laughs> the blip happened, which is the, yes. the term that you know the MCU is using for when people the people got snapped away. Snapped away, yeah. Um, what happened basically is that since half of the world's population was just gone, and nobody knew if it was ever going to come back. Uh, basically people came together and kind of had to work together. Like it was like a way for everybody to kind of like overcome all their differences and kind of like unify. And they didn't really have all these like borders and jurisdictions and all that. Trying to survive. And so when every, after, you know, when everybody came back, things were just in chaos, which we saw in uh, WandaVision mm-hmm. during uh, when Monica Rambo came back. And she came back right in the middle of like a hospital and all that chaos was going on. And the last thing she remembers was her mom going off to be uh, in surgery for cancer and all that. So after that event, they are now getting to a point where they're trying to like put, push everybody back into where they belong. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, very, very modern day stuff is happening in the real world right now. Or, yeah, you're talking about like refugees and what's going mm-hmm. on at the border and stuff like border that. Border control, right? stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it was a, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that all that stuff that was popping off in the Middle East and everybody was migrating from, uh, they were migrating from those Middle Eastern countries to places like France and Great Britain, Germany and stuff like that just to get away from like the war. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember distinctly, you know, they had a picture of that little boy that was dying like uh, on the beach, you know, face down in the water, man. 
So, you know, stuff like that is, 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 is real stuff, man. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. You know, the world that we live in isn't perfect. Um, but that's, that's just absolutely terrible. But, you know, the thing that, um, the thing that I got from it when I was watching that was in a way, even though it will never escape their lips, Thanos was absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. He was absolutely right. Like he was, you know, in the, I I really want a character to like say that. Yeah. It, Wow, you know, if they say that, man, who knows what that? Who knows how that would shock the whole uh, the whole Marvel universe? But from everything that we have seen since the blip up to now, is that Thanos was technically right? Mm-hmm. Thanos was technically right. Now, you know the now the crazy thing is, you know, who decides who's 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 the half that lives? Who's the half that dies? You know what I mean? You can't just get yeah. rid of all the bad Which, people. Which, technically, so, he left that all at a random anyway. He random. wasn't the one that chose it. Yeah, so he snapped it. He said, I want half people gone. But then again, like I said, <clears throat> wow, wow, it's so crazy to think. Because essentially, essentially, they have built the MCU, they built Earth to be a better place after Thanos blipped everyone away. Basically, basically what happened was it's like. Crazy that I'm saying this. Everybody. Did exactly what Thanos wanted them to do, and it made the world a better place. Like he he was right. Like so, whenever he cut all of the half of the population, the resources like you know everything kind of like you know went back to normal, and basically everybody came together. Like because that's one of my favorite scenes in the end game. Actually, is the um the little uh, circle talk at the beginning when Steve's actually, you know, not playing, you know, his typical heroic self, but he's actually being Captain America mm-hmm. where he's sitting there talking to all these people that lost all his family. He's really helping somebody. He's yeah. really helping people. That that was something that, you know, was one of my favorite scenes, especially you, you kind of see how it affected all these other people. So, uh, but basically to get back into what was going on, um, while he was, uh, he was going on a cover uh, to a meeting that was in Switzerland, he gets injured by one of the members who appears to have like superhuman strength. And um, so while all that's going on, Sam actually returns back home to help his sister, uh, Sarah, with the family fishing business. And he wants to rebuild the boat uh, and preserve their family legacy. But Sarah wants to sell it for like, because like every $5 that she actually makes, she spends $10 trying to fix it. Yeah, she's not really getting anywhere. No, that kind of leads to um, the bank scene, right? Uh, just to give like context, uh, Sam goes with his sister to the bank and they apply for the loan. And the loan officer says, "Hey, man, you're you're a Falcon. Let me get a picture of all that stuff out of the yard." And you know, he's like, "Okay, so what's your finances like?" And he tells him, "Hey, bro, uh, we can't give you a loan. You don't have any steady income. You've been going for like five years, bro. You have five years of no income." So basically, we got no standing, no basis to give you a loan, and it's kind of crazy when he looks at it because you know in that moment, like Sam's like, "Yo, I'm, you know, I'm the Falcon. You know, I got government contracts. Like, I make money. Like, why can't I like get a loan?" Yeah. And there's a uh, there's a lot, a lot of talk about that bank scene. Some loved it, some hated it, and some claimed it was you know essentially uh, too woke. What are your thoughts on that? He <laughs> pulled in the idea of like what. The government really does not care about like what you actually got going on. They literally have mandates. They have like 
rules, regulations they got to follow. And he's basically following the lines of like, well, you know, you don't have, you know, a steady credit history for five years. You've been gone. Um, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you can't just cause you're famous. Doesn't mean that you're going to be able to bypass all of this. Um, as far as being like woke or anything like that, I don't think it really was because I feel like that's like something that probably would legitimately happen. Okay. Now, uh, my thing is, right, um, my thing is in conversation I've had with people about it, it was brought up to me, that, oh, black man can't live alone, yada, yada, yada. Okay, as an African-American man, I've been had situations where I've sat down in the bank, I couldn't get along. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, that happened a lot when I was younger, you know, 18 or whatever like that. You, had no credit. you know, I had no credit. So that's understandable. You know what I mean? When you were gone five years without a record of your history. Yeah, exactly. I was I was blipped away for five years. Just came back. Came um, back. <laughs> but you know, but what what this show tries to do is it highlights some things that are very unsavory that happens a lot that you really don't see in a comic book movie. I did not think it was too woke because, like I said, that's a legit situation. Whether you be black or you're white, if you walk into a bank uh, with five years of no like income history, yeah. you're probably going to get like the not. So I think even if you even if you put a white person in that scenario or Latino or a person of another race or Asian, yeah, yeah, I think something like that happens. So that wasn't you know, and when I was listening to it, like the critique of it and uh, all that stuff, I was like, wow, like this is just. This, we can't really get mad about this. We could be upset. Uh, we could be upset for them, but we can't get mad. Like you said earlier, you know, banks, man, these guys are all cookie cutters, man. You know, they follow one rule and, you know, they sit to that rule and they go with it. Now, if you're wealthy or maybe your family or something like that's so got some clout, then you can, like, pull some strings. But I, I didn't think it was, I didn't. I didn't get the I didn't get that reaction that a lot of people got, mm-hmm. and you know when they start throwing around that woke word, I don't think people even understand what it means. Or when they start throwing around this other stuff, I think is, I think nowadays the woke is like just the thing everybody latches onto first. Yeah, it's basically the clickbait. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a, a clickbait thing. It's a tool used for a culture war, man. You know what I mean? Like when you start bringing up like, and I hate to get so political or some stuff uh, like this, but it's like when you try to bring up real issues, people are like, oh, you're just being like, whoa, you too woke, yada yada. I'm like, nah, bro. it's your it's your scapegoat. Yeah, this is this real life. You know what I mean? People really dealing with this, but I didn't dislike the scene. I think it kind of fit, and it gives more, it gives more power to the blip itself. Like this was such an impactful event. That this this is a generational problem. Yeah, you know, this is something that this is something that the MCU could talk about twenty five years from now. And not only that, I mean, like speaking of generational problem, I mean it's a, it's an issue where you got kids that were friends with each other in school, which you know I wish they'd covered this a little more in um, uh, Far From Home. Yep, but they kind of played it off more as a joke because of like uh, the kids that were in school. They didn't get blipped away, how they matured and all that. And they yeah. got, you know, all that. They play it more off as a joke, but they kind of ruined the possibility of having, like, the kids that went five years thinking that their best friend was dead or yeah. stuff like that, you know? Or, you know, uh, even the grand scheme of things, man. You know, you married, uh, you know, vice versa, you got a girlfriend or whatever. But, yeah, they, they played that up pretty good in Endgame. They did. They did. Yeah, they did do that, 
you know, like, man, you've you been gone for five years. You know, I've moved on. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like, things like that. I wish they'd played a little more on that. Generational stuff, man. That blip, like I said, that blip is is a, There's is a, a mechanism uh, that can be used for years. And uh, that's one thing I'm kind of liking is that, like, with these, the, the MCU shows, they're really, they're able to touch on these subjects. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't really talk about the blip much in WandaVision, but that story didn't revolve around that because it was a whole crisis on its own. But Sam got... Yeah. So that's a big part of you know what he's got. Well, wasn't his like uh, his kid, the, his like nephews weren't blood, were they? I can't remember. I don't think they I, were. I don't, I don't ever remember remember seeing that. Uh, it could that could have happened, but I don't. That's that's Yo, yeah, no, no, they weren't. I don't think they were because I think he made a comment about how he missed about five years of life. Okay, so they made a comment. Okay. I think uh, it's been a minute since I actually watched the first episode because, like I said, this is. You know, a little bit later than what we yeah. thought we was going to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's great. So, going back to uh, Taurus, I guess that's how you say his name. Torres. Torres. Oh, Torres. <laughs> Send Sam a video of the Switzerland incident. So, while he's watching that video, Sarah alerts him to the television, and the U.S. government has appointed a new Captain America. One who embodies America's greatest values. So some people disliked his reveal because he looks so goofy. <laughs> but I did enjoy it because it was like the tale of two Americas. You know, Steve is uh, what we think we are, the hero. But John is what we really are, a totally unprepared for what is coming out our way. Yeah. Which is it's very true. Like when you go into like, you know, how the memes of... What America thinks it is, what America really is, what the world, what America thinks it is, what the world sees America as, and what America really is. Like you know, you know, like seeing the memes with COVID is popping off. They're like, uh, like, hey, this is an American scientist in the movies, and then like these are actual American scientists. Then they cut away to like Facebook comments about you know infectious disease. Oh yes, <laughs> like okay, so. uh so real talk, I'm not going to take medical advice from a dude that watched a 50-minute YouTube video. But dude, I think he is totally qualified. So um, yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to take I'm not going to take medical advice. Uh, he watched two 50-minute videos. Two 50-minute. Now that guy, he's a doctor. <laughs> he knows some things. <laughs> he's a he's send a doctor. His, send his PhD in the mail. <laughs> so if you get your information from a YouTube video, as far as like medical advice and stuff like that, without seeking a real doctor or I don't know, reading a medical book or source material, I, 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 you know, keep keep that keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> hey, saying like that, uh, but it's crazy. Uh, but the the thing about John, uh, thing about John Walker, man, like this dude is that first appearance he did look really goofy. He's pretty goofy. He's got big ears. It, it was, I think it was definitely it was the ears, and like even later on, like even um, later on in the series, it's still the ears pop out. I think they should have maybe hid them. I don't know. They they kind of take different angles with them, so mm-hmm. it's not so bad actually. Uh, when later on you get into, but it's like one thing too is like some people pointed out too that he literally looks different in every shot. He don't look the same. He he really I don't know whether his his, his face or his style. He, he might just have that kind of face where yeah. where every angle is a different just, way. Yeah, maybe it's like he's the you know his 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 he looks like his dad, but he's not like his dad. 
Uh, you know, he doesn't have that symmetrical look. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every every style is different. And then when he goes from like clean shaved or like gruffy, like wow, that's that's a different dude, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a like, different dude. <laughs> yeah, he, when he's got yeah, when he's got that gruff going, ooh, he does leave a little rough. Yeah, but see, I you know, like I say I, I like that dynamic that they played off with that, man. You know, because. Now, you know, if we talk about similarities, man, they're both all-American boys, him and Steve. You know, they're both military guys. Well, he's more blonde hair. Blonde hair. Blue eyes. Blue eyes, yep. He's more of a military. He's kind of like the guy Steve wanted to be, you know, if you think about it in a way. Because, you know, Steve was real scorny. He wanted to join. Yeah, he just wanted to be a military guy. Yeah, but, you know, John Walker, like, you know, he he took to that. You know what I mean? It's kind of funny because, in a way, they both were like – they were both the people that they wanted to strive to be. Yeah. Steve wanted to be like John, just a typical, you know, soldier that just wanted to, to you know, do to co- help the country and all that. Yeah. And John wanted to be somebody like Steve. That, John wanted to be the hero, man. Yeah. Like, that's why he did. You know, and, and the thing about John is, you know, in the, in the moments that he talks about it, he's like, man, do I just want to, I don't want to let nobody down. You know, that's like, a, that's got a lot of stuff. I don't want to let anybody down. I want to do the right thing. I want to help everybody, man. This is a lot of weight on my shoulders. I don't even know if I should take it. Yeah, I just don't want to disappoint anybody. He, really, that's he really gets thing. he gets into that big time later on in the yep. series, like uh, whenever he talks about, you know, when we'll get to the hit eventually. But like certain points, like he just he he's not taking this lightly because it, it going into episode two. The Star Spangled ba- um, Banner, Star <laughs> the Star Spangled Man, Star Spangled Man. Episode two, the Star Spangled Man. Mine. <laughs> John, John Walker uh, basically um, he goes back to his high his high school and he's uh, making an appearance on Good Morning America because he's like you know they, they talk about it, they give like a little backstory about him. he was an esteemed like U.S. soldier he was mm-hmm. like never failed the mission right? never yeah. fa- I never failed a mission uh, not the I wouldn't say the greatest of the grade but like pretty much close to being that. And even then, he talks about his desires to live up to the mantle of Steve Rogers, and how he wants to be this. And like, because they, they try to play it off, you know, like, oh yeah, you're the you're the, you're the next you're captain. captain America. And he's like, hold, hold on now, Wait hold, hold. I'm just a guy named John Walker. Yeah, like, this sure. is this this is my hometown. <laughs> like, I I play football on this field, you know. I just put my my pants on one, one leg, leg at the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like even then, you know, he's he's kind of like you know talking about how like he. He takes this very seriously. He's yeah, not just being, he's not over, you know, simplifying it. He's not, he really has like the weight of the shirt. He's putting the weight of the world on his he's shoulders, there, too. It's a real heavy burden on him, man. Like, he, you can see it wear him down on almost from the, from the jump. You can, you can see it wear, wear it down. It's on basically him. like whenever you take on a new job and like you're excited for it, but then once you actually hit the responsibilities of it, it just starts wearing you down and you're like, why did I take oh, this? God. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted more money an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I didn't really care. I just, I just uh, want more money, bro. I don't know what to do. Why? Like I said, completely unprepared for what is coming our way. Or yeah. What you said, excuse me. Yeah. So while that's going on, you know, of course, you know, Bucky finds out about it, and um, he's not still not happy about um, Sam giving the shield up. And basically, he reminds them all the time that 
you should have kept the, the shield. And that's kind of like his running thing. Like He almost sounds like a broken record after a while. But he makes some good points about it, though. Yeah, you know, I think he says, like, right after that, man, or uh, pretty <clears> soon, <throat> I think in this episode. Yeah. You know, because he's like, look, man, if you don't take that shield, that means Steve wasn't right about you, right? And then there's a good chance that Steve wasn't right about me. When he said that, that was like, you could see, like, his, like, Ugh. his heart breaking whenever he said that. Because that, like, it bothered him. Yeah, because that's the only thing he had going for him was, uh, was, was, was Steve, what Steve had there for him. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, even though he did all that, like, all that work in Wakanda and everything like that, and all that, that, he still... The thing that kept him going, the thing that kept making him realize that he was still potentially good was the fact that Steve kept saying, you're a good guy, bro. do, man. So, um, so, Bucky does accompany, like, Wilson to uh, Munchen? Munchie? Munch- Munich. Munich? Um, so, the, where they go? They go there to locate uh, Carly. Oh, God. It's Carly. <laughs> That's all we're gonna. I don't know how to say her name. Say Carly. Carly. Hi, Carly. She's the teenage. <laughs> Hi, Carly, the teenage Carly. leader of the Flag Smashers. Yes. They have a they have a web show. <laughs> That's how they incorporate. Oh my god! Yeah. That's how they incur- uh <laughs> recruit so many people in a web show. Oh god! Hi, Carly and Sam. Hi, Carly and Sam. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh my god. I Carly, the teenage leader of the Super Flag Smashers. <laughs> Carly. I Carly and Sam. Oh crap. Yeah. Wow. Crazy stuff. So I guess Bucky's um oh, what was the what was that boy's name? Freddy. Bucky's Freddy. <laughs> he's Bucky's Freddy. He's jealous. No. He wants to be with he wants to be with Carly, but he really wants to so be with bad. Sam. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Very, very accurate, uh, what's happening here. Very, very <laughs> Very accurate representation of uh, what is uh, what goes down in this series. <laughs> oh, crazy stuff. Oh my god! It's like art just takes on different forms. Oh, All right, Jesus. Dude, we got the flag smash. What's next? Uh? All right, so uh, Carly is trying to steal a shipment of medicine for her people, and that's what we think. Checking. <laughs> Bucky gets tricked into thinking she's a hostage due to her age, but quickly learns otherwise when he gets knocked out of the shipping container. And basically, uh, the group that's trying to steal this this medicine is a bunch of super soldiers, and they quickly outpower uh, the, the duo. And then Walker, you know, the, the new cat in America, and his pal Lamar Hoskins, mm-hmm. who is known as going by uh, Battlestar. Battlestar, join the fray but are unable to prevent the Flag Smashers from escaping. Okay, the uh, Flag Smashers are the main antagonists of the series. Uh, did you love them or did you hate them? I liked certain aspects about them. Um, I like the idea of like, uh, kind of like a terrorist group that's kind of like not really like the full bad guys. Uh, Carly, I had some. I got some reservations about her. About her, yeah. I got some reservations. Like, I, I, like, her, but... I like some things, but like some of her motives were a little bit like. You're going a little too extreme, girl. Kind of like. She lost like. It's something like she lost her like cool like real quick in this yeah. series like it, it was like a, a matter of no time before she was like everybody's wrong everybody needs to die yeah it didn't take a long to deviate from the path 
Like, nah, I really didn't. Zemo didn't deviate that quick in Civil War. No, no. Zemo was pretty pretty much Zemo for, for quite some time. And, like, it's just kind of like, I understand what they're, they're, um, what's going on, but it just feels like her her jump from yeah you know okay so when somebody has a motivation like that right you know mm-hmm. if somebody has a pure motivation uh say what you will about her but her motivations are pure if yeah. you look at it but you know something comes along to twist that right there's right. there's something that happens but nothing really twists her you know you know how it's like a bug in your ear Hey, we need to start killing these folk, man. Yeah, hey, yeah. We need to start. We need to start doing this, man. We gotta ratchet it up. Nobody really pushes her forward. She just she just kind of jumps to that. Yeah, she jumps into it. You know, and, and I didn't like that too much. And that was one of the things. Like, I I think it it would have worked better if she had a a mentor figure. Like, she technically did, but we never saw it. Yeah, that was kind of a waste. Um, uh, we brought that in. Yeah, so they had that mentor figure. But they never, they never show her. You, you know, you barely know what her name is. The only reason why I did is because I, I looked it up. <laughs> but, um, so I don't know. It's just her jump from like trying to help her people to stream bad guy was just too quick. Yeah, I felt like, especially for a TV series, that they could have fleshed that out a lot more. Which we'll get into a lot of that a little bit later. My only issue was that I kind of so I, I thought I thought. They could have had a better first outing enemy for what's happening here. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you go back to uh, Captain America, First Avenger, you know, he fights the Red Skull. You know, his first, his first go-round, he fights the Red Skull. I mean, he's in the Red Skull the whole time, but mm-hmm. he fights him. You know, and so that's like, um, I, I thought I thought he should have had something like that. I thought he should have had, like, a main antagonist. They're probably going to say that for... Uh, yeah, the movie. Yeah. Probably for the movie, you know, because the movie's coming up. That that has been officially announced. Yeah. I wonder if they're actually going to call the movie Captain America and The Winter Soldier. No, that'd be too close to Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. They might just do... They just might take a while to say thing. Uh, I don't know how what, what the subject... We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, first flight, Captain America. First flight. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> this is the Green Lantern movie Green all over. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, no. So we also get a lot. Like, we do get a good bit of like action during the truck scene. Uh, I just think it's weird how the Flag Smashers are are able to beat Bucky and Sam. Like Bucky specifically, how quick he he keeps getting caught off guard. Not in, just in this scene, but throughout the whole series. Yeah. Like he's supposed to have been like I mean like we go back to the Winter Soldier the actual movie, and he was toe to toe with Captain America. Bucky, a trained killer, and like he's just and the th- and the thing is like I could understand if it was like oh he forgot a lot of that because he's not brainwashed anymore. But the fact that like they make a point to bring up that later on in the series that he still has it as like a muscle memory because it does kick up later. Yeah, I just don't think. Uh... <laughs> I just, I just don't think that um, these untrained individuals, yeah, that's one thing, should be able to Bucky. If if we go, okay, so they say sometimes the biggest determining factor in any scenario, in any scenario, in any situation is experience. Yes. Right? You know, so we're talking about experience. How many times Bucky has been brought in and taken out and all that stuff during like the course of like what's been happening here. I don't see why he couldn't have dealt with um, a few of those guys by himself. 
I just don't I don't see that. I don't see why I can have it. I didn't I, I think they kinda did that wrong. You Especially know? him having that vibranium on the new yeah. one. Now, okay, so when it comes to like Sam, Sam isn't really super powered. So I kinda get that. But he's got a whole nother dimension that he can use. Yeah, exactly. Is he using a invincible reference. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, wowzers uh yeah but it's it's a lot more it's a lot more that he can like i said it's a lot more he can do he has you know he have air superiority it can't fly so you know sam sam in a way i kind of understand that i just i just think they did that wrong i I don't think they did that right i think they they built up the flag smashers to try to be their equals but in in story, I mean, if we talk about this in the MC power level, yeah, power level in context, it just don't add up. Especially like them being on that, like fighting on the the trucks, where they were kind of like you know were able to kind of pull them off one at a time. They weren't like in the room being crowded by them. They were like uh, forced to fight one on one, no more than two on two, yeah, or two on one. Bucky was still should have been able to take on two people. About two. I mean, just on his training alone. You know what I'm saying? I know it's you know, I, I know it's different when you get into like a real fight type scenario. Like it's a lot of drilling, pumping, and you know, things Yeah, but he he's way. got experience because he's been doing this for how long? So he's been doing it for a long time then. So I I didn't I wasn't feeling that. You know? He's fought other winter soldiers or other super soldiers yeah. in the past. Like we find that out pretty soon. Yeah, and now when it comes to like uh when it comes to like Sam, uh when it comes to like Sam and uh Lamar, Valstar, and um, Captain America right now. I kind of get that. They're just not powered whatsoever. Yeah. But you got to think, too, though, you know, Sam fought off, like, the armies of Thanos. Yeah. And Endgame. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's just something I feel like they kind of, the power scaling is a little off right now. So, after the conflict, uh, Barnes and Wilson uh, reject Walker's offer to work together. They, oh God, they were they were terrible. <laughs> so Bucky takes Sam to Baltimore, where he introduces Wilson to uh, Isaiah Bradley, in hopes to find out more information about the super soldier. So this is what I was talking about. Isaiah Bradley is somebody that Bucky fought mm-hmm. during um, the Korean War when he was brainwashed as the Winter Soldier, and. Um, Isaiah re- basically refuses to help them due to being in prison and experimented on for 30 years by the U.S. government and Hydra. Uh, I will say this. The introduction of Isaiah Bradley was uh, powerful. And that's like the first piece of raw emotion that I felt watching the series. Um, I think his story is so good that they could actually create their own series around it. You know, I, I absolutely hate prequels you know I'm, I'm, I'm a big prequel hater i think that's been said uh a thousand times except for star wars prequels yeah, okay technically they're not prequels well they were yeah that's true yeah, you know, still te- technically it's te- called the prequel trilogy technically, it's, uh, technically i'm george lucas <laughs> so i made the rules <laughs> technically i made the bad batch <laughs> why did you sell it to disney because i love money <laughs> i love I, I lost me money. Mr. Crab. Oh, okay. Now we got Mr. Crab now. Pickle Rick, Mr. Crabs, Iron Man. What else I got? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm missing something else. That's it. Okay. Once I hit six, now I have the Infinity Stones of Matt. Now I'll be able to warp reality uh, into a different space. 
But uh, I say it's, I, I do hate prequels, but I, I wouldn't mind them doing Isaiah Bradley one. And man, I mean, dude, when this dude talks, man, like, good God, like you feel like the whole range of anger coming out of him. Oh yeah, you feel like a good mix of you, anger and sorrow. You can tell that he he felt it. He experimented it. Well, not experiment. He experienced it. Like you, you can definitely feel this guy like went through it big time. Yeah, you sure did, man. So, so Sam and Bucky basically leave Bradley's house, um, and they're arguing in the streets, and the cops roll up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the police attempt to arrest uh, Sam first, but when they find out who they are, they step back and instead actually arrest Bucky, because Bucky had been miss had missed one of his pardon mandated therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. So right here we got a you know like we talked about the bank scene earlier, you know we got you know what some people can I saw this online too that some people also consider this uh, a woke moment. Uh, we always talk about art imitating life. Do you think this scene felt forced? Not really. I mean, like you technically didn't really have to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have to have the exchange between like Sam and the cops first. You could have had them rolling up and. Coming after Bucky, mm-hmm. you could have just done that. So it it's like you said though, it's life imitating art, art imitating life. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so, so it, in context, right? In context, it could have been if you put that in an actual situation, that probably would actually happen. Yeah, I mean, it it has, it yeah, has happened. Yeah, it this, has. This has, yeah. And, you know, and that's the sad thing that, you know, people look at that and they're like, oh, man, why do they put that in the MCU, blah, blah. Oh, I don't like how they're doing this stuff. But you know, the Marvel has always been about real-life struggle. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they just, you know, they kind of want to bring light to that stuff because I'm a, okay, I hate to, I hate to do this, uh, but I wouldn't be mad if I didn't do this, is that we... We live in a society. In society, yes. Uh, there's a lot of us that live in completely wow. different Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the crazy thing is, even like South Carolina, you know, I could drive 20 miles the other way and I'm in a third world country. Uh, they have different experiences and different things. Going through Camden, man. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, some places in Camden are literally a third world country. You know, like if you look at like some of the poverty levels here, you know, like stuff gets kind of misconstrued because we have omega rich people here. But, you know, you cross the train tracks and I mean, it's run down. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just life. And in these different world, in these different worlds and different realities in a way, people are forced to deal with different things. So somebody seeing that, you're going to get two reactions. Either you understand what's happening or you don't understand what's happening and you don't get it. Uh, so that's just, like I said, that's just being a part of two different realities and two different Americas. I got it. You know, uh, I hate to talk about my own experiences and stuff like that, but I've been in situations like that, you know, at least three times. I was just crazy because I'm like literally the most law-abiding of citizens. <laughs> so so just seeing that and seeing that stuff, I'm like, man, I, I couldn't believe they did it. Uh, I, I thought it, I thought, I thought some stuff felt worse uh, because how quickly it happened. You know, like that thing escalated in no time. Mm-hmm. But then again, in the situations that I've personally been in, those things escalated literally out of nowhere. 
out of nowhere. So that's that's the scene. I don't think a lot of people, that everybody's not going to agree with that, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I just another thing too is that I feel like it's just something that people want to find uh, a fault with. Mm-hmm. They they want to create a fault because if you haven't really noticed when it comes to Disney, Disney is being like. Under heat by so many people being all sides, yeah, all sides. Like you know, the crazy thing about Disney is right. Disney takes it on the chin two ways. One, they're too progressive. The you know the other side, they're not progressive enough. Right. So like, you can't really win. Like for instance, with the whole Star Wars thing, uh, they were big about introducing the first gay couple in Star Wars. But when you actually watch the movie, it's just like two random people in the background that nobody cares about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like whenever they were talking about that, I literally thought they were going to say that Poe and um, yeah. Finn were going to be like the gay couple, and I was like, okay, I'm, I can be on board with that. They yeah, good chemistry. They don't know how to even do relationships with Star Wars. No nah, man, they don't know how to do relationships with Star. Wars. I mean, Padme and Anakin one was, uh, and Han and Leia is probably the only good relationship they have. Leia was good too, but I that said, was George Lucas though. Grand scheme of things, you know. Oh man, you know. <sighs> I mean, the whole thing with Luke and Leia being like brother and sister. That know, was just, that, that was just, terrible. Just, uh, you know, if, if we want to talk about Alabama uh, edition, Finn and uh, Finn and Ray, uh, yeah, that was her. They just, they just don't know how to do relationships, man. And then you you talk about the Han Solo stuff with uh, what's her face, the Dragon Girl, and so uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Even, oh, that, uh, that was terrible. What what's what's Shorty's name? Uh, is it Maria uh, Tran or Rose? Oh, yeah, not, not, yeah, Rose. Uh, even even Rose, Rose and Finn. and Finn, yeah, yeah, that was terrible. They just don't know what they're doing with relationships. Well, realistically, like with the Rose and Finn, one was like definitely one sided. Mostly, it was like Rose was like, well, you know, Finn cared about her in the second movie. Well, what was bad about that was like how. Oh God, no. yeah, I'm not going to get that, Randy. <laughs> um, what was bad about that was like at the end of that movie, whenever Rose does the prevents him from doing the suicide run. And, you know, she gives him the whole speech or whatever. I can't remember what it was word for word now. But she kisses him, right? Yeah. And then, like, they take her to the medic bay and all that, right, whenever all that's going on. And Finn goes over there and sits with her. And he's, like, you know, you know, caressing her head or whatever, you know, whatnot, and mm-hmm. making sure she's fine. And then in the second movie, in the third movie. Yeah, like, she don't even exist. Right. Like, she just. Which you know the so movie itself, the movie itself, pretending like she didn't exist. Everybody, you know what? And I hate to do this. Everybody hated on Rose, man. <laughs> and I get it. You might not like the character and stuff like that, but you know they established her in the second one. They did that, so play it out. Don't just act like she doesn't exist. That was just stupid. That's just JJ Abrams being uh being who and what he is. That's just following the um the trend of Star Wars uh reacting just, <laughs> to the audience. I, I hated it, man. I hated it. You know, I, I did too. I, you know, I could I could make a whole episode dedicated to uh, how they did Rose dirty. You know, they did her dirty, man. Uh, they did her after they did that. They did her dirty. They did her character dirty. And you know, a lot of people gave um, what's Finn's uh, real name? Um, mm, got Josh Bo, uh, no Boyega, yeah, Boyega, Boyega. John Boyega, John Boyega. 
they ain't bring a crap for going after Disney about how they did her, how they did him, and other characters of color in there. You know, yeah. maybe not. You know, yeah, how can I put? It? I hate to say characters of color, but let's just face the facts with the facts. Uh, you know, he he went he went after him. he went toe to toe. He talked to them because they did it. They did him dirty. Uh, but they did. I mean, like, luckily, and then not just Disney, but like the fan base, man. The fan base went after that poor girl, Kelly Tran, for nothing. Like, they gave her that poor girl, like, death threats. She's like, you know, for nothing, bro. She's just a character in a movie, man. She's got like, and you know, even The Last Jedi had a lot of problems, but she was not one of them, in my opinion. I never even, I didn't think nothing bad of her character, really. Like, the only thing that was kind of annoying was whenever she did, she shot Finn. <laughs> all I'm saying is, <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, is uh, Finn had one of the most, the bravest moments a man can have in the second movie. Because he threw them, he threw that headset off, and he said, bro, I'm going to save everybody. You know, I'm going to die, you know, the hell with it. And I really, and I, I know, as much as I love Finn, and as much as that would have been just an absolute wasted death, but like, yo, let that man, let that man go. Let that man go straight, yo. At least his character death would actually been, like, you know, legitimately good than, like, most other character deaths in Star Wars. Yes. yes. <laughs> but yes. enough about Star Wars. Let's talk about the other Disney franchise. <laughs> yes. Star Walker frees uh, Barnes from the detention facility. And, um... Seeing the rift between Wilson and Barnes, Bucky's daughter, Dr. Christina Rainer, forces the two to do like a couple therapy session. (laughs) 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 It's actually, this is actually pretty funny. This whole scene is pretty funny. So like uh, Barnes tells uh, Wilson that his choice to give up the show meant that he threw away Roger's legacy and his trust. And that if he was wrong about Sam, then Steve must have been wrong about Bucky, mm-hmm. which we talked about that earlier. Yes, we talked about earlier. And Wilson basically defends his decision and proposes that after yeah. all of the their missions done, that they just never meet meet again. Like he doesn't want to see Bucky no more. Yeah. Like he's done with him. You know, out of all this stuff, uh, you know, we talk about Walker uh, and all this stuff. They treated him terribly. They did. I didn't feel that was justified. Uh, you know. It's, it's the Marvel formula of them creating their own enemy. Yeah, that wasn't just fine. Because, I mean, yo, my man my man walked in there with peace. Like, yo, you know, he, okay, so he said. He like, used his bill, he used his, like, pool to get Bucky out of, uh, yeah, out of trouble. Yeah, man, get him out of there. You know, and he tells, he tells Sam, yo, I want you to be my wingman. And he's like, oh, that's where you messed up. Like, bro, you was literally Cap's wingman, bro. No, yeah, legitimately. You like you literally, like, literally you, you, yeah. have, you have wings, man. <laughs> You're always on his left. <laughs> you have wings. Oh yeah, that's right. On your left. On your left, Cap. <laughs> you came through the portal. You said that. <laughs> because because the boy because John is now trying to intimidate trying to be like your friend. Yeah. You ain't you ain't about that life. Oh, you're not. You're not Steve. You're not my friend. Only Steve could call me his wingman. <laughs> Only Steve or there. You're not my friend. Steve's my friend. I miss him. I hate you. <laughs> Runs up his house. Slams the door. I hate, I, hate, I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate America. I hate I hate this new kind of America. He sucks. I want to go live with mom. I want to go visit my uncle Captain Mark, Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. Captain Ken. 
Captain Canada's Captain Canada. Canada's twice the America that you are. <laughs> Going to Captain Britain. He's cooler than you. I hate you, Walker. <laughs> I'm really, really Is Walker even your real name? Would you take that from Walker, Texas Ranger? Yeah, I'm really you taste over here. I'm really weird. Really, I hate it. <laughs> Takes his wings out of fossil. <laughs> I mean, Bucky's like, well, there goes my ride. That's my day, man. I just, you know, I just, I walk in. No, 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 no. Then Walker, what he'll do is he'll look at Bucky, and Bucky's like, don't even ask. He walks off. Yeah, I mean, that was just such, that was poorly done. You know, that's that's poorly done uh, interaction between those two characters. I thought they could have done better. Uh, I feel there's there's some moments that Sam has a lot of those kind of like. Poor interactions with certain characters. Yeah, he does. Like, it really kind of gets out of him. Like that. Um, he has a really bad interaction with Zemo later in on the plane. He don't whenever. like. He don't like old Baron Zemo. I'll tell you that much. Like whenever he he said he's out of, that that meme where he said you know it's like he's out of line but he's true. <laughs> <laughs> he's out of line, but he ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, now that they're free agents, you know, like you said, they they reject Walker's offer to work together again. So Bucky has a plan now, and he decides to visit the one person who knows even more about the Super Soldier program, Zemo. So now we got Zemo, and at some point in time, they got to put the mask on this guy. Yeah, you know, they by Zemo. He's got to embrace security, bitch. He got it. He eventually he's got to embrace it. And he does it during the dance club scene. <laughs> Which, did you see that they Marvel actually dropped like the extended cut of that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Good times. Pretty ridiculous. So funny in this, in this definitely but, funny. Yeah. So going into episode three, the Power Broker. Which oh my god, when we get into about the Power Broker, yeah, I got some issues with that. Yeah. So, uh, Z- with Zemo offering to help Sam and Bucky, the two orchestrate a prison riot to allow Zemo a chance to escape uh, the prison. I'm kind of disappointed that the prison riot wasn't nearly half as epic as the one in uh, Fast and the Furious 8. <laughs> Fate of the Furious? Was it? Yeah, that was well, the one. It was not as good. Was the whenever uh, when The Rock and Jason Statham has to break out of prison? Yeah. That, that riot scene was uh, immaculate. It was, it was not as good, I will say. So, uh, after his escape, Zemo uh, takes the two to uh, Mod, Mod... How do you say that? Madripoor. Uh, <clears throat> Madripoor. Uh, it's basically a criminal uh, sanctuary city island run by the mysterious power broker. Oh, who would have guessed that? Not really mysterious. Not really. When the whole episode is called Power Broker. You know, when I was thinking about this, like, there's a lot of similarities between this and the Shadow Broker and Mass Effect 2. A lot of that, yeah. Especially whenever you find out who the Shadow Broker really is yeah. and you find out who the Power Broker is in this. I was like, oh my God, there's so many similarities. There's a lot of things happening. But, uh, <laughs> Speaking of Mass Effect 2, the Legendary Edition is coming out next week. Uh, getting it. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I am. And I'm, sure I'm getting it on my PlayStation 4. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I think it looks good. I probably will get it, but you know. I, can, I got to hate, hate on stuff, guys. I'm sorry. I just have to. But you love Mass Effect. I do, but I hate EA. 
They're doing right. <laughs> They're releasing they a have, game that's good. They they don't know how to do anything right. No, they did good with um. They didn't. They didn't. Fallen Order. They didn't. Fallen Order was good. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It's a terrible game. No, it wasn't. Dark Souls. Oh. Wasn't nearly as hard. Here at this place that we just called Amendapore, <coughs> Sam and Bucky go undercover as uh, the Smiling Tiger and the Winter Soldier, respectively, to accompany Zemo. They meet up with uh, Selby, a high-ranking criminal leader and owner of the nightclub Brass Monkey. Brass Monkey. So Zemo, 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 Zumba, Zemo, Zumba, Zemo offers Barnes uh, the Winter Soldier to gain information on on who recreated uh, blah, blah, who created the new Super Soldier Serum. So she accepts this and uh, gives him the identity of the sci- uh, scientist Wilford Ned Nigel. Who was hired by the power broker to recreate the serum, but before giving out the uh, location of uh, Nigel, Sam receives a phone call from Sarah, and Selby forces him to answer the call and puts it on speaker. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that whole scene was pretty funny, especially because he was trying to act tough, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't know who you are. You got it wrong." <laughs> yeah, who is this? So yeah, put the money on the table or something. Like that. He said something stupid. Yeah, he was trying to like play it off tough and everything. He's like, like, "Who are you talking to? Who, who do you think you're talking to, Sam?" Yeah, like who's Sam? Who's Sam? I don't know. No, Sam. So obviously, the call blows uh, Sam's cover. Kidding. And Selby declare, <laughs> declares the three to be killed, but she gets shot by an unknown gunman. The trio leave, but the entirety of Mendipore is alerted of Selby's death, which was really fast. Faster than the bounty being placed on John Wick's head in John Wick 2. Yeah, you know, it's similar to John Wick's scenario. Isn't it's very it? similar. Like, hey, everybody got a text message. <laughs> like, it literally was like, it was wrong. It was way faster than it was John Wick. Because even though, like, um, what's his name gave him, like, a, what was it, about an hour head start or something yeah. like that? I'm going to give you an hour, John Wick. Oh, such a good movie. Good stuff. Um, Can't wait for the fifth one. Yeah, we hadn't got the fourth yet. <laughs> but I think four and five have just been like back to back, yeah, like film back to back. Can't wait for the fifth one. And I can't wait for the 99th one. <laughs> so, uh, so like I said, the bounty is placed on her head. Uh, they run into Sharon Carter, who was the unseen gunman, or should I say gunwoman? Gunwoman. That killed Selby. Uh, she was never actually given a pardon after stealing Cap Shield in Civil War and is now living off the grid in Madripoor. So Wilson offers to obtain a pardon for her if she helps them locate Nigel. He needs to make a phone call. <laughs> Why does he always do that? He's he says that a lot in this. Let me, let me make a phone call. I'll see what I can do. I'll but see if I can pull I think he even, he even offered to um, give Isaiah, a phone call. Let me make a phone call. He I got did. <laughs> he did. Hey, man, maybe I can call somebody. Bruh, hey, how many numbers do you have in your phone, man? Like, good God. Hey, I know one person that he couldn't call. Uh, the bank. Or Steve. To get a loan. Or Steve. <laughs> or Steve. Steve doesn't want to talk. I'm old, Sam. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Captain America anymore. Oh, oh, you are. 
I can't make it out of America. I gave the shield up. You did what? I don't think. <laughs> no, you I know what that shield was worth? <laughs> hey. <gasps> hey, Steve. You want to talk to some people? Nope. I don't think I will. <laughs> I don't think I will. Steve, do you got time to talk? Nope. I don't think I do. <laughs> Every nope. time I try calling Steve, he just does not have the time for me. You know what, Sam? I met a man in my travels when I travel back in time. He's the funniest uh, son of a bitch I ever see. He turns himself into a pickle. It was, uh, this one guy, he had a sandwich and had uh, mayonnaise on it. And, uh, you know, he said, I got too much mayonnaise on that sandwich, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he kind of reminds me of the old roadie. He'll hide your man. <laughs> I don't think I will, man. <laughs> I'm now be. If you Full were, circle. If you were to strike me down now, I would be more powerful than you could ever imagine. Oh my God. There's going to be like about five episodes of this. <laughs> Probably at least two. You and your archaic religion. Oh God. So Nigel is located at a shipping yard, and his lab is hidden inside several shipping containers, which is actually kind of cool how that was. Uh, Carter stays outside to keep a lookout while the other three go visit the good doctor. So while being held at gunpoint, Nigel tells them about um, him being recruited into Hydra during the Winter Soldier program, which was the one in Civil War. Mm -hmm. And... um, he was brought to the CIA once Hydra collapsed. And he used blood samples from an American super soldier, which is actually Isaiah Bradley, and was able to recreate the serum. But by the time he returned from the blip, he had to take his work to the power broker and was successfully able to produce 20 vials, which were the actual vials that Carly stole on that truck. So, <clears throat> the pal- bounty hunters are closing in on everybody. And uh, Carter, basically, you know, we get a really good scene with her fighting these bounty hunters off, like, you know, doing her her thing. Mm-hmm. And um, she's holding them off as long as she can, but eventually she has to, like, storm in to alert everybody what's going on. And Zemo, who uh, found a gun that was, like, that Nigel had hidden away or whatever, uses it to shoot Nigel and uh, enduring the confusion of, like, uh, Carter running in. And then one of the bounty hunters shoots an RPG at the lab. Freaking rocket. And blows it up. What the crap? (laughs) Luckily, luckily, you know, luckily the Falcon and the Winter Soldier escaped. Because if they didn't, this show would be over with. Pretty pretty done here. We'll be like, what, two, three episodes and we're done. Yeah. All right, guys. Hit the shower. That's a wrap. (laughs) Get so, down. We're done here. <laughs> so while the firefight erupts, Zemo slips on his purple mask. And uh Fine. he defeats Mini. It's actually really cool too. It looked really cool. And uh he defeats many of the bounty hunters and secures a getaway vehicle. Which is actually pretty funny how he does that because he just rolls up on him. And uh Sam and Bucky join Zemo, but due to still being a fugitive, according to according to fugitive, Carter stays behind. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really like what they did with Zemos here. It had a lot of Zemos. Zemos. Why do we keep doing that? <laughs> I like how we what we did with Zumba. Zumba, <laughs> Baron, Baron Zemo, right? Uh, Baron Zumba. 
And I, I, like I said, I, they added some depth to his character because you know it's it's not all about like world domination with this guy. You know what I mean? Like, bro, he's here for a fun time. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Before he kills, you know, before he kills that dude, uh, <laughs> you know, he brings it up. The essence of the super soldier serum is supremacy. I am killing supremacists. <laughs> he he literally twisted it in a way to make him the good guy. Yeah, which is nuts to me. But you know, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of depth there, man. It's a lot of things. I really like right. the guy that's playing Zemo too. I think he's a he's very good. He's very charismatic. Yeah, he does a great job, man. He made me like I was like at first whenever we had the whole Zemo thing, I thought he was you know obviously like the trailers painted like he was going to be the bad guy, and um. I was surprised that he was actually going to be helping Bucky and Sam as long as he did. Right. I thought it was just going to be like, you know, this was it. But actually, he continued to like helping them out. So, <clears throat> Carly's mother, which really wasn't her mother. We found that out later. Mm-hmm. Uh, passes away. And um, after she kind of reminisces about uh, their lives before the blip with one of her like uh, flag smasher friends, uh, Devochi or Devachi or whatever, his, whatever his name was. He's not important. Um, and they go to rated GRC, which is uh, stands for Global Reparation. There we go. I Council. can't read. Facility. Facility. So, um, after they leave that area, Carly sets the building ablaze with officers still inside. So now we're getting that quick change. Yeah. This I mean, is one of those things oh. like I said that bothered me about this character was how quick that was. Like, yeah, I understand, you know, these officers were like, they're, they're basically pushing your people out of the country. They're pushing your people, trying to put them back where they, they belong. But you literally just killed a bunch of, like, yeah. fathers and now, what, what stuff like that. Said, what, they, what they she said that is very sad <clears throat> is very sad but true. These people only understand one language. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> talking ain't going to get their attention. You know, doing all this stuff ain't going to get their, their attention. We got to do the most extreme thing possible for people to possibly take us seriously. And I I didn't like that, but then, okay, okay. I, it makes sense. Yeah, I see. I see what you're doing here. I see. I see why you're doing that, you know, because it's just, that's the only way people listen, man. And that sucks, you know, because they wouldn't have got heard out any other way. You know, they might get the people like a photo op or whatever, but they're. Their issues wouldn't even been a real concern, like you know, because uh, they got the. We'll talk about that a little bit deeper, but they couldn't even get a seat at the table, man. They couldn't get a seat at the table. Yeah, like I mean, which you know that, like I said, that comes up pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick. Um, so Walker finds out about Zemo's escape. He knows, obviously, knows that Barnes and Wilson are the ones that did it, because you know he's not stupid. Yeah, like people want to try to you know play him off as being an idiot, but he actually is pretty he's intelligent. Dumb. I mean, he's like he's. Highly trained soldier that's you know top of the top of the his class I guess you would say. Been in some real tough situations, man. So you know, like in those, like you know, he's he's been in combat. So being in combat like that, hey, you know, you you used to thinking on your feet and make some quick decisions. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Zemo takes Barnes and Wilson to uh, Riga or Riga. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so they can come up with a plan to locate Carly, which you know they could just watch that Carly. <laughs> so, they tell you everything. Yeah, obviously they just tell them their whole plans. Uh, so Barnes separates from the other two to go get some fresh air. 
but he's actually investigating a bunch of mysterious beads that are littered throughout the street. And once he finds, you know, all of them, he calls out to Aya. Aza Aya? Ayo. Ayo. A Dory um, of Wakanda, who basically asks for Zemo. Stop me here. <laughs> now we're playing in my dimension, and I make all the rules. 